Vincent the Dude, and we are pleased to make an announcement. If you're in the UK, good luck. McDonald's has just reopened. They oh, observed really? the royal festivities. Yeah, a lot of people were well, online. Right. We're like, till five. They closed till five o'clock. It's five o'clock in London right now, 501. So you can go get your McDonald's on for those there of you, you that go. were complaining online. Get your chips. Go get yourself some chips, right? I had a lot of people complaining to me about that for some reason. Really? I'm like, you don't even live in the UK. Why do you care that McDonald's is closed? Ooh, wow. <laughs> so is it a Royale with cheese or a quarter pounder? Uh, it's, well, that would be in would, France. Why? English is not it, metric? Well, maybe. I don't know either. Could, I don't know. Could be. Good question. Could be right. Well, Follow I know me. a good answer to your question. What's that? Well, it's not an answer to your question, but oh. I took Randy for a swim over in Saudi days. <laughs> that is not an answer to my question. Take a look at the puppy in the water. Nice. So he's at that phase where, like, he just turned 12 weeks, right? So yeah. from, like, eight weeks to 12 weeks during the day, he would just sleep from, like, 10 until 3 when oh, the kids, like, when it was time yeah, to pick the yeah, kids yeah, up yeah. from school. But now he's just, like, he's up all day. He's going crazy. My wife just sent me a video. He's back at home just, like, running, like, a, a race car back and forth between. <laughs> he's getting kind of big. He likes to run between the bigger dog's legs. But uh, he keeps hitting his head underneath your body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, hey, threw the ball in the water. That's for the great trail, by the way. When that is a great here, trail. When people come out here for F3, out over here to the Tennessee area, I highly recommend um, either bringing family, or if yep. you don't really have time for that, you're going to be too focused on the Festival of Freight, at least keep a day. Come a day early, stay a day late. Give your time to take in some of the natural beauty around here. You're going to want to take a drive to some of these trips. Check out some of that stuff. Yeah, I'm at Cloudland Canyon. Sea Rock City is kind of a cliche, but it's super cool up there. It really is. Lots of great. And that one's just a random one right off the, just off the road. It's not like a huge deal, but it's a really nice one. I've been on that one many times. No, they're all over the, and your family's out in the uh, Ocoee today, Yeah, right? they went up there. They headed up to the Ocoee today. Now, that's about an hour and a half or so out of town, but that's uh, still a really nice one. Class four rapids and everything. Speaking of which, I had to walk off that pizza that Carrier Source sent me. Look at this Luminalti's. They oh, sent uh, Vince yeah. and I would mention this on Friday. Did I put that in there? Yeah, there we go. There it is. Luminalti's right there. Put it in the oven for about 35 minutes at 400. And look what pops out. Look how good that looked. It was delicious. I couldn't even finish the whole thing. Uh, not a deep dish. Yeah. No. People make a mistake of trying to eat too much of that. That'll fill you up quick. And yeah, they're delicious. They 1,800. Well, we're going to eat into a lot today. It's, it's rail safety week. Did you all know that? 1,800. The railroads would have been really safe if there was that strike because there'd be no trains moving on them. Of course, that was averted. So you still have to be mindful <laughs> of this. Right. There's still going to be something struck by a train. What is it? Every three hours in the United States, a person or a vehicle is hit by a train. Every three hours? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Keep on that. We got some insurance stuff to get into today. We, we got do. some news. We got some headlines. We, we got a lot of band. We'll get into it. Oh, yeah. Well, we got a new song from you and Brewer today. We too. do. Yeah, that's right. New release. All right. Did you know that AIT Worldwide Logistics is one of the fastest growing freight forwarders out there? They grew by 400% over the past five years, earning a spot on Crane's Chicago Fast 50 list. How do they do it? By earning their customers' trust with cost-effective, customized global supply chain solutions. Find out how your business can benefit when you visit. Tell them, dude. Go to AITWorldwide.com immediately after this show. Headlines. That without my glasses. Yeah. Right off memory, right? Let's talk about Ocean. Craig Fuller, he put out a tweet. CEO and founder over here at Freightwaves, he put out a tweet. Take a look at this little uh, little chart right here. Yeah. It says, there's no doubt that container volume is slowing and slowing quickly. Ocean container spot rates from China to U.S. West Coast dropped from 9,600 to 3,800 
from our June report to today. June report that he's referencing there was by Henry Byers when he was talking about freight flows falling off a cliff out of China. Um, Slowing trend and slowing demand. That is, uh, you know, look, we're talking about $1,200 before the pandemic, eight, between $1,200 and $1,800 to move some boxes on there. $3,700 still elevated above where it was, but we're talking about a drop from that cliff was $21,000. Yeah. That's a fall. Yeah, that's exactly. That's a huge fall. And Lars uh, Jensen says the overall SCFI, which is the, uh, what is that, Shanghai uh, Container Freight Index, yeah. right? Uh, so the spot rate index on the SCFI out of China on various lanes uh, yeah. all over has dropped 9.7% last week and over the last four weeks, 33%, which is its, what is it, second largest four-week drop since its inception in 2009. That's, that wasn't a great year. No, that was not a great year. Not a great year at all. But specifically from pa- the Pacific rate, you went to West Coast, right? Yeah. Shanghai to West Coast, 11% down last week, 39% over the last six weeks East Coast was a little bit stickier, and we knew that because the backup, everybody yeah. was moving over there. So there was some backup there. But now even that, 5% down and 13% over the last six weeks. So even that is weakening fairly significantly. It's, I mean, it's supposed to be peak season for ocean containers. It's, I mean, it's this not. Is supposed to be coming in. It's just not there. No, it isn't. It's just it, it not really there this year. Uh, the rate level from Rotterdam to New York is now equal to uh, the last level seen in March 2022 and down 8% compared to the absolute peak in May 2022. Not seeing the steep, as steep a drop-off as uh, as we're seeing in China, but still a big problem here. And if you want to know what trucking rates look like in the real world, what does this mean by the time it gets to our shores? Well, my buddy Pat Roach, he sent me some rates this morning. Out of New England, he's got a Milan, New Hampshire to Camden, Delaware at a buck sixty-five a mile. Nice. <laughs> Milan to Sanford, North Carolina, the dollar seventy-five a mile. Milan to Easton, Maryland, a dollar fifty-seven a mile, and uh, oh, these are all awful. Another dollar fifty-seven there. All brutal, and actually a little bit lower than what we're even seeing in our NTLD, NTDLI index over in Sonar, which is our national truckload uh, data. Yeah, ab- absolutely. I mean, in Otri, uh, the rejections, capacity yeah. tightness, it actually crossed over 2019 um, um, rates, which were bad. Yeah. For the first time, it's actually dropped below it. Well, so, my, I mean, my, my buddy Pat, good. he said something really ominous here. He said, um, you know, when are these rates going to change? And, you know, when you look at the amount of capacity that was added to the market, without volume or without a reduction in that capacity, it's not going to change. And he said something ominous. He said, uh, all these carriers are going to wash out. And he's not wrong. I mean, that's the way the cycle works. Yeah, it gets low enough. It's going to wash a lot of these, especially these indie ones who can't weather the storm. It's been tough. We've been telling you guys this all year. It's going to be tough. Play it smart. Play it safe. And hopefully you can outlast the other guy, especially if you're in that position. The name of the game right now. Knowledge yeah. is king and being smart. And hopefully you socked a little bit of those great rates away because you're going to need it to get through it. Well, I mean, people thought we were a little bit insane earlier in the year when we were like, look, used truck prices are great right now. This is their absolute peak. It's the peak of rates. Yeah. We are anticipating this bloodbath coming. If you're thinking about getting out, you don't want to weather another freight storm. Sure. Sell your truck. Get out of it. I don't know if that time's passed. I haven't looked into the used truck market today. I'm not sure. I haven't looked at it. I'm not telling you to leave the market. I'm just saying, if you're getting scared, this this is going to carry through the season. It is. Yeah. No, you got to batten down the hatches. Yeah, for sure. You you absolutely do. You absolutely do. And you also got to consider about uh, electrifying your fleet in the future, probably Mm. based on all these mandates that are coming out of the Hill these days. Well, Tesla is aware of that. They proposed a $375 million refinery for EV batteries in Texas. This brings up a 
few questions for me. One of them is, do we, when you, and maybe I've just looked at too many memes, but when you see those lithium mine digs. Yeah, like, yeah, is, they don't look good, right? Is that something we want to onshore? Is that what we want? Well, uh, this is refining. This isn't the, yeah. this isn't actually the so strip no mining. Digging. Right. No so they, they do the digging elsewhere. They bring it. To I, the I think we're going to let them dig in someone else's country. <laughs> Not in my backyard, All I guess. Right, well, I don't know. Yeah. I know what you're saying. Those memes that show like a pipeline versus a yeah. lithium mine. It's like, wow. Well, Chips that come and Tesla wants some of that money. Tesla recently filed a notice with the state of Texas seeking special tax breaks for the proposed lithium refinery to be located in Robstown, Texas, about 20 miles from the port of Corpus Christi and less than 200 miles from their gigafactory over in Austin, Texas. Tesla touted the proposed lithium refinery as the first of its kind in the United States, stating it would process raw ore material in a usable state for battery production according to the application. Uh, hot on the heels after uh, right over here in Tennessee. Are we? Yeah, I was going to say, wouldn't it, it right up north, from, up seventy five from us, right yeah, by we Teleport? That like or a week ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah, you're right. Tesla said it wants to site uh, that has access to shipping channels along the golf course. So they're going to bring that stuff in from Gulf through the Gulf of Mexico. Tesla will ship lithium products from the refinery by trucks and rail to various Tesla battery manufacturing sites, supporting the supply chain for large scale and electric vehicle batteries, according to the documents. Interesting here, though, it says it could it can create 162 full time jobs by 2025 with salaries of up to 81,000 per year. So apparently that's the ceiling there. You can't go above 81,000 if you work within this factory. I'm strange. Oh, yeah. Right? No, that is weird. Up to 81. OK, I don't know. Maybe yeah. that's going right for a lithium that's processor. I could be. I don't know. I'm not really sure. I know the market. Here's something really cool, though, before we get to our first guest. Real woman in trucking member who will be on the show on Wednesday. She received this awesome rig makeover for National Truck Driver Appreciation Week. Now, first of all, let's take a look at the before picture of what was going on in her truck right here. So uh, there was this My Rig Makeover context that Transfix did right there. They did it with tel uh, celebrity television host and contractor Jason Cameron. Is he no, any relation to James Cameron? I don't think so. You don't think so? No. This year's recipient was Snellville, Georgia-based truck driver Jess Graham, who was nominated by Pierce for her work after loads are delivered, advocating for women in the industry as a board member of Real Women and Trucking. So how did it come out, Vincent? Oh, man, it's beautiful. In an emotional interview with Freightways, Graham described how the trucking industry saved her life. So here you go. Giving her a path out of an abusive relationship and not only got her out of the road, but enabled her to financially take care of her daughter and homeschool her on the road way to go industry. And look at this beautiful thing here. And I don't know if you guys noticed this, but Jess is actually the queen of effing everything. Is that what, what the pillow <laughs> yeah, yeah, if you look at that pillow, it says it right there. So it's a fact. Well, here's a quote from her. She said, I was 100% in survival mode and was just trying to keep my head above water. Now I use my story to let other women know that you can do this too. Last year, one in six drivers made it successfully through their first year of driving. That stat is especially true for women. There is no shortage of women trying to enter the industry. There is a shortage of women that have tools and support systems set up for them to make it. Well, now she's got some of those tools and some of that set up right within her truck. I think sweet. Check it out. Look at that desk. That's nicer than the desk I have at home. Refrigerator set up there. Look at a the storage underneath that bed and everything. That's a sweet setup. Yeah, we'll, we'll find really out nice. the whole story behind all that, and we'll yeah. get into her emotional story and all that on Wednesday when she joins us on the show. Can't wait. That'll Excited. be awesome. Just reach out to her. Yep. Anyway, meanwhile. Both in the way. I'm like, whoa, whoa, what's going on? It's going to be good. Oh. 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 oh, I hope she had insurance. What? 
<laughs> Look at him. He's he proud. Just, He's he very just proud. He saunters on with his big beard over there. <laughs> what is going on there? Somebody's, I don't know. That kind of looks like me after a nice Thanksgiving meal, though. What, what, were people screaming, just turn the faucet off? I mean, what I, was I, the water coming out of there? He's acting like it's a fire. It's just a water <laughs> thing that's going on. He's excited. I know. How often do you get to jump off a balcony onto the I think I would have taken that as well, and I probably would have walked away the same way, right? Just, like, what? who tripped me? What was that crap? <laughs> That lady might need a new roof, but anyway. <laughs> maybe. Hey, maybe. speaking of insurance, it's Elizabeth Simkin. She's a regional underwriting officer uh, inland marine transportation at Travelers. Elizabeth, thanks for coming back on the show. Hey, guys. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. You know, it's interesting. I was looking into your background, and uh, you were almost at, at a certain point in your career, almost up here with us. Weren't you in media back in the day? Uh, yeah, I actually graduated from the uh, Mizzou School of Journalism and uh, was going to go that route, but trucking saved me, right? <laughs> <laughs> how did, well, that's a good story. Let's start. How did trucking save you? How did you get pulled into the... My dad's from the world of insurance. How did you get pulled into it? Yeah, you know, I actually started in uh, insurance and claim and uh, decided claim wasn't for me, but found Inland Marine, um, found trucking as a part of Inland Marine and just never looked back. I mean, it's been a blast. That's awesome. So last time you were on, we were talking about food shipments, right? And one of the major things of food shipment is that seal at the other end, right? You got to yeah. check that seal number and make it there, right? I mean, that's a really important thing that is Gary making that in ship, right? I mean, and this is an important time for that. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. We talked about um, good seal integrity, right, being the, the key component there. And if you are a traveler's customer, we work with people to make sure their seal practices are good from the start to avoid that breach and help prevent contamination or theft. Um, and also helping our customers make sure they know what they're signing because they can be assuming liability for broken seals and may not even know it. Mm. Mm. True. Yeah, it's one of those things that people can sometimes get lazy about. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Just move it along, sign it and get rolling. But if you exactly. do that, you just said that it's fine. <laughs> and then you got to deal with that entire problem. Be careful. You do. Those, those simple words, that laziness right there, you're actually setting yourself up. You could be setting yourself up for failure. It is a great uh, reminder. Um, with what's going on in the supply chain, though, right? One of the big issues is, even though we talked about freight volumes being down in the beginning of the news segment of this show, there's a huge backlog, especially on the East Coast, backlog of freight. And I believe there's, a, there's an old adage that goes something like, freight at, uh, freight at rest is freight at risk. How much does... How much of a problem does these backlogs present in terms of risk? Oh, my gosh, it's huge. And, and yes, you have the adage correct. It's that sitting cargo that is the crux of the problem with all of these backups. You know, it's, it's not uncommon for cargo in transit to make stops. That happens from origin to destination. But what we're seeing now is that it's happening so frequently. The supply chain is so compressed. You know, port delays, rail, equipment shortages, warehouse capacity, right? Um, it really makes it hard to keep it moving like it should. So people are literally finding anywhere they can to put cargo because they're delayed in certain places in, in the process. Um, and that type of bottlenecking just means it's vulnerable to loss in a place where it shouldn't be, right? Um, so that can be several things. That can be an unsecured yard that they're using. Maybe the driver's not familiar with what they're going, where they're going to put it. So they can't mitigate risk like they might be able to do in a yard that they actually have control over. Or if you have a refrigerated load, something that needs a special storage type requirement, drivers have to consider that when they're looking for temporary storage. And, you know, from a shipper's perspective, they're losing visibility on that load. 
Um, you know, those goods can be going somewhere they didn't know about. Maybe they didn't authorize. It's a real problem. Yeah. So coverage of, of, of your cargo seems really important and particularly due course of, of, of transit, right. Is describing all these things that are going on. So, and what, what are some of the things that, uh, that can come up, some of the issues that can come up during this to make, make sure people are aware of this and, and understand the importance? Right. That's exactly what it is. You know, the coverage response in the event of that loss, that be, that's the question. And yeah. that language you pointed out, due course of transit, generally it means um, when, it, when the cargo is picked up by the motor carrier and continues until its final destination. And that includes some of those temporary stops we talked about that are incidental to the main purpose of delivery. But it matters more now, to your point, because we're seeing increases in those temporary stops. Theft or spoilage can happen. Oftentimes there's restrictions in that language around how long it can sit in a temporarily stored location before coverage stops. So you might find yourself outside that window of coverage. Um, So thinking about some examples, some things can't be left outside. So, you know, copper, for instance, may oxidize if it's in the the water or moisture type element. So if Mm. it's exposed and it rains, there goes your load. Um, Temperature-sensitive loads is another example. If you can't deliver to the intended storage facility, you've got to find another location to keep it, but you've also got to maintain the temperature. So you've got that risk of spoilage if it's not going to be kept cold enough. We've actually seen that happen. Um, Lastly, I would say, of course, theft and pilferage, that's a big concern anytime, but especially when we talked about freight at rest, things are sitting in an unsecure yard. You've got the potential for pilferage, theft. You don't know how long it's going to be sitting there. And it might be some time before you even see the loss that actually happened, which then brings into the question, when did it happen? You know, how can you even dictate to your claim adjuster? I know the date this happened. You may not know. Yeah, you know, and it's not just the like the backlog big issue that's keeping freight at at rest, right? The issues with the rails, those were keeping freight at rest at ports. But then the inventory issue, too, and the warehouse issue, we have heard of a lot of shippers who are keeping inventory just out in their yard in Mm -hmm. containers, pretty uncontrolled, pretty uncontested if a lot of thieves went in there. Actually, what was that big story that happened with Nike down at their their yard? There's a big pilferage that went over there. It's the season for it, isn't it, Jennifer? Yeah, so it it definitely is the season. Um, The moral of the story with things like this is, you know, you have to keep your load protected. Even if you have to change plans or deviate, if you experience delays, try and avoid that loss in the first place. Uh, But also going back to your cargo coverage, what does it say about temporary storage or locations Mm -hmm, that may not be mm -hmm, listed mm -hmm. or declared, right? And if Mm -hmm. there's time restrictions in place. So, you know, the traveler's form, we don't have those types of restrictions for time. Um, And another benefit, our special investigations group can actually assist with helping secure loads that are temporarily stored to reduce that theft concern. So as we talked, as Dooner pointed out, you know, we had the issues with the supply chain and all the congestion. Are things getting better right now for this or are they just getting worse because of the season and the economics, et cetera? Yeah, I think, you know, you guys mentioned a little earlier, the ports maybe aren't as bad, but the inland bottlenecks are the problem. There's more stuff jammed up in the rail yards. Um, The equipment is in short supply. Staffing's an issue. Warehouse space is extremely limited. It is more inland based. And I think that's going to continue you know, this holiday is coming up, you're going to have more stuff, right? And fewer mm-hmm. places to put it if, if this continues as far as the delays go. Um, ironically, though, you know, some of the problems that we actually see with the quarter four shipping season, 
could end up being a benefit to customers that are buying because of inflation. There's slightly less demand than normal. And the retailers' warehouses that are so full right now, they're going to be doing some pretty good sales, I think, to help kind of push things along. Uh, yeah. Well, I know in my house, we had some levers we could we could pull when things got tighter. And one was just not buying expensive giant Lego sets. So we stopped. We stopped doing it. But that hurts. That, I not mean, a necessity, that hurts right? Categories. So I was able to do that. Or like a car. We have, we haven't, we've delayed buying a car for over a year because well, of go. the big MSRP thing. And I know you're kind of in the same boat. I am. I am. Absolutely. Well, Elizabeth, people who want coverage uh, this holiday season, of course, they should have at all times. Where should we send them to? Visit us at travelers.com and check out all the things that we offer. Excellent. Thank you so much for your time today. We appreciate it. Have a great Monday. Thank you. Take it easy. Yeah, crazy stuff. And insurance is incredibly important. You don't think about all the little things. Like once it arrives at your yard, oh, it's all good. Well, if it's sitting in the yard for a week, maybe it's not all good. I well, I, and like I mean, the, the funny thing with insurance is everyone hates paying for it. Like we were, t- remember yeah. we had Molson on. We were talking to Molson Art from VR on here about how his stuffed animals got soaked in the container. Yeah. And um, did you get the insurance? No. Uh, no, I didn't get it. Why didn't you get the insurance? It's like pennies eh. on, on the hundred. And he's like, yeah, but when you add multiple hundreds, it ends up being like $100 for coverage. And it's like, yeah, on a... $30,000 invoice. Yeah, I didn't I didn't understand deal. that either. I would have got the insurance. We'll get him woke right. to the insurance. <laughs> hey, let's take a video from Operation Lifesaver. Let's take a look here. It couldn't be clearer. So don't ignore the signs or the danger. Know how to spot low ground clearances at railroad crossings. They look different depending on what kind of vehicle you're in. If you do get stuck, get out of your vehicle immediately. Call the number on the blue and white side and give the crossing ID number. All kinds of vehicles need to be aware of low ground clearances at railroad crossings, not just trucks and buses. Always look for the signs, because ultimately, it is your responsibility to ensure you can clear the crossing safely. Remember, trains always have the right of way. If you're not sure the vehicle you're driving can clear the tracks, find an alternate route. Use the Federal Railroad Administration's Rail Crossing Locator app to plan ahead. It'll save you time and could save your life. Always expect a train. See tracks, think train. It's Rail Safety go. Week, and to ring it in at our, at our own track crossing here, we have Jennifer DeAngelis, and she is coming with us from Operation Lifesaver. Thank you so much for coming back on the show. Has it really been a year since we celebrated the last time you guys had one of these? I guess it has. It doesn't, it feels like a very quick year, but it is. It's up in a year. Yeah. Thanks for having us back on the show to share the message. Well, we're going to get through a lot of this. We're going to cover all of these things. But one of the cool things that you made this year and you make very often are these PSAs and you work with influencers and you work with people who have been on the rails and you work with people who have been victims of incidents that happen on the tracks. We're going to play a few of those over the course of the show today. Here's the first one that we have. Let's take a look at this one with Maurice. After I sounded the horn and set the brakes, I realized there's no way to avoid hitting them. My name is Maurice Taylor. I've been a locomotive engineer for Metro in Chicago for 16 years. When I see people on the track, it's, it's not a whole lot I can do. I can't stand, swerve, and get out of your way. That train's coming at you. It's nothing I can do. The message I was sent to a trespasser that thinks that the railroad tracks is a good shortcut, it's not. You think it's a good shortcut? It is It is not. It, it is not, and I'll tell you, I was coming to work a couple weeks ago, yeah. and I crossed crane tracks on uh, Boy Scout Road coming out of my house, and there's a creek and a bridge right just to the right of it. 
I came across four cop cars sitting there, a pickup truck halfway across that train track bridge wedged sideways. I was going to stop and tell the cops, hey, you know about that blue sign that uh, Jennifer told me about? But then I figured they probably got this. <laughs> they probably got this. I don't know how they got that truck or what he was doing out there, but I just, I said a quick prayer and moved on. <laughs> it's crazy. I'm so glad you know what the blue and white sign is, right? So many people do not recognize that blue and white sign. They don't know it's there. You told me about it and it's become a dad thing. You know those dad yeah, things yeah. where dad always says this every yeah. time we go across the railroad. I pointed out to my kids and they're like, who cares? We're not stuck yeah. on the tracks. So I'm yeah. like, I know, but like, let's say you were in <laughs> yes. a different situation stuck yes. on the tracks. You need to think quick. That's what training's all about. You know, we remembered the blue sign because of the many times we've had you on. And look, we have guests on all the time. A lot of these interviews I don't remember. I forget what I've talked to people about, but I've never forgotten never forgot that it. blue sign. Nope. What is it that Operation Lifesaver does? Because so sort of what I said there is what you do. It makes us remember things like there's a blue sign. Yeah. Our job at, at Operation Lifesaver is to, uh, in short, is to empower the public to make safe choices around railroad tracks and trains. Um, every three hours in the United States, a person or vehicle is hit by a train. That is a staggering statistic. So we provide information and free rail safety presentations. And as you mentioned, some great PSAs and materials for professional drivers and other audiences to learn about why it's important to make safe choices around railroad tracks and trains. And so that's kind of muscle memory, right? What you guys were just talking about it. When you get there, it's muscle memory. Hopefully for our kids that we keep talking to about this, it's going to be muscle memory. If they're in someone else's vehicle or they see a vehicle stopped on the tracks in front of them, you know, the first thing you should do is get out of your vehicle. You know, a lot of people say, oh, my son would say, oh, I will call my mom. I'll call, you know, my uh, AAA or I'll call my um, significant other. But the first thing you should do is get out of the car. Get out of the car immediately. Find the blue and white ENS sign. That includes a phone number that will go directly to the railroad. And there's a crossing ID number there so you can tell them where you are. And so they can talk directly with the trains. Even police officers should know, right? Should remember to call that blue and white ENS number. Um, yeah, I figured they did. Yeah, I was going to stop, but I thought, you know, he's probably just going to tell me to get the hell out of here. But uh, <laughs> because there's a train coming in a car on the track. But so... Yeah. Like, as, as we pointed out, this is, it's been a year and we've got our new uh, safety awareness week. Our rail safety week is this year, right? So why do we need to have this? They're huge. You can hear them coming. I got plenty of time to jump off this track. If I'm not stuck, we're all good, right? Well, you know, it's funny that you say that because they are, they are huge and they take a mile or more to stop, which is like 18 football fields. But if you're in front of the train, especially if you're in front of the train, they are much quieter than you would think. You know, back when I was younger, you know, they would say, oh, you can hear it. You can feel it coming. But nowadays, these trains run on really thin rails or much thinner than, than before. And they're very quiet, especially if you're in front of them. They also have an optical illusion. Sometimes you look down the track at a train that's moving really fast. And it appears just like a plane appears to be hanging in the sky. It appears to be standing still, and it is not. So the trains, they're... They are quieter and moving much, much faster than you think they are. And quite honestly, they always have the right of way, right? Yeah. They always have the right of way. Well, you know what? I mean, look, people are getting older. There's a, there's got to be a lot of like Gen Z who's never seen Stand By Me. And there's probably a lot of young millennials who've never seen Stand By Me. Yeah. For me, that was yeah. like my Operation Lifesaver. And the kids are walking on the tracks and the train comes and they have to jump off. That was yeah. like me as a kid. That was my yeah. real awareness. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. they can just come out of nowhere. Um, <laughs> how important do you think it is now to get those messages out? Now there isn't like a mainstream thing to point to like Steam, Stand By Me was for so many 80s kids. I think it's incredibly important to be quite honest. I have... Um... I have young children and 
And I think it's incredibly important for them, right? Even though they roll their eyes, right? We all know that they're still listening. And I think it's important for all of us, to be quite honest. I think if we all told our friends, did you know that every three hours in the U.S. a person or vehicle is hit by a train? That every time someone pulled up to a railroad track, they would stop for a second and think and look and listen, and they would make the safe choice. I think it's really, really important. I think it's important not only that we know about it, but that we talk about it to the people that we interact with on a day-to-day basis. Now, are most rail accidents, are they hitting uh, cars or trucks stuck on the, the tracks or are they hitting people just, just walking along the trails? How does that work? That's a great question. Uh, over 50% of the incidents are, are people going around lights and gates, which is also a shocking statistic, right? The lights come on, the gates come down, um, and folks are, for whatever reason, making a decision to go around the lights and gates. So that is happening uh over 50% of the time, right? If you're ever walking near railroad tracks, they're private property. Um, You should not be walking on railroad tracks. You shouldn't be working out on them. You shouldn't be taking photographs on them. You should stay off, stay away, and stay safe. Now, we heard from Maurice, and and Maurice was a a train conductor. I'm not sure if he he hit anybody with his train, but what happens when conductors do get in one of these accidents? Because I'm sure it has to be pretty impactful for them as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's, if you go to that video that you showed, that's a short 30-second video. There's a longer video on our website that tells a little bit more about Maurice's story. So I'm not an engineer. I haven't experienced it. But I can tell you from his video that that many, many, many years later, right, he still drives by that location and thinks about it. He sees someone dressed the same. He thinks about it. It it impacts. It has ripples. It ripples out, right? It's It's a... It's a horrible thing to experience yourself or as a family or as a friend, but also the engineers and the first responders and everyone. Um, it's really just, it's it's a horrible thing to have to go through for anyone. Yeah, I'd imagine. And especially because it's avoidable, right? If we all were to see tracks and think train and make those safe decisions when we're there, whether we're walking or driving, um, it would prevent most of yeah. all of these incidents. Well, it's not like a train's going to make like a sharp left, like a quick left on you and like confuse you. They're, they're on tracks, like you said. So there <laughs> yeah, is preventable ways to do it. But, but, to, but, but to Jennifer's point as well, like uh, motorcycles, I drove a motorcycle yeah. for a while and it's dangerous because other people really can't tell how fast you're coming or how yes. it's going. And, a, and a, a train is the same way. The other thing is what I discovered with my own families, people don't aren't around trains all that much. Sometimes. My son yeah. never saw a train until he was 15. Really? Because we, we grew up in South Florida, in the Naples side of South Florida. There are no trains. Wow. Until I brought him up here, that's when he goes, wow, a train. Yeah. He had no idea. I've heard about those things from life. I've heard about those. Those from are real. Before. Wow. <laughs> the, the likelihood of traveling outside where you live and that you're going to encounter trains is very high. Right? Yes. They go all across the United States. So even if you don't have trains and tracks in your neighborhood, or your family doesn't interact with them on a day-to-day basis, it's still a really important message to teach them how to make safe choices around tracks and trains and why it's important to make safe, those safe decisions when you're there. Well, Jennifer, you've made all these great PSAs. We have another one right here. This is Brad's story. Let's take a listen. My name is Brad Johnson, and I lost my best friend, Jafari Williamson, to a tragic train accident. Me and him were inseparable. There wasn't a day or an hour that we weren't together. If I wasn't at his house, he was at my house. We did everything from jumping off two-story buildings to anything exhilarating. I miss being able to go to him for any advice, just for him to be there, the smiles, 
the fun. I miss it all. Hear it in Brad's uh, Brad's story there there too. I imagine he he lost his friend crossing the tracks. Yeah, it stays with you, right? If we have a campaign called Stop Track Tragedies, where there's different videos similar to those, um, yeah, and you can tell just by it's watching it, it just sticks with you, right? It sticks with you when you watch it. It sticks with you. Well, one of the reasons, I mean, all these li- listeners of what the truck come from all walks of life. A lot yeah. of our drivers, but passenger car, we all drive cars as well. Sure. And we all cross train tracks, especially here in Chattanooga, where there's quite a few um, for drivers out there though, specifically what kinds of materials or support do you have? So we, this year we launched a rail safety pledge. So I would urge everybody to log on to our website at oli.org and take the rail safety pledge. There's one there for adults and there's one there for kids as well. Um, I would, you know, we set it up so that you can easily share it on your social. So that's how I would suggest one of the ways you tell your friends and family about it. Um, I would make sure that when you are pulling up to tracks and trains, that you're minimizing the distractions, that you're paying close attention to the lights and gates. If there are lights and gates, sometimes you're going to encounter tracks without lights and gates. You have to be extra vigilant at making sure that it's the right time to cross when you cross. Whenever you see tracks, if you remember nothing else from this today, whenever you see railroad tracks, I want you to think train. And I want, I hope that everyone takes that extra couple seconds to make the safe choice when they're there. Yeah, well, you know, there's, you've got a bunch of statistics concerning the collisions of, of trucks uh, and trains, right? And with automobiles as well. And one of the things that's in here, and I'd love you to go through some of these, is it getting better? Isn't it getting better? And can it not also be an incident that affects an entire community, depending on what is on that train? There's some pretty serious stuff, right? Could be. And there's been some pretty serious wrecks in the news. There have been some. Yes, it can definitely impact a community, right? Um, yeah. I right. Even if it's just traffic, it can impact a community for for hours and hours. Um, I have. I sent you some statistics. I think that's what you're referencing, right? That. Um, statistics from the yeah, US some of these are really really yeah. yeah they're really really interesting as to what is going on here so they the stats from the department of transportation show that from 2019 to 2021 there were more than 6300 collisions between trains and all vehicles at rail and I'm sorry and vehicles at railroad crossings um, of those about 44% involved automobiles Approximately a thousand crossing collisions during that time involved tractor trailers, or about sixteen percent of all incidents. And, and all like out of heavy duty trucks, you know, like semi trucks, CDL driver vehicles. That was twenty five percent. One in four of these vehicles involved in a crash was a professional driver of some sort. Yeah. Michael Vincent. That's unbelievable. So how, how do they know how do, for drivers that are out there and new drivers, especially, how do they know if it's safe to go across that track, even if there's no train there? I mean, as far as getting hung up, how do they figure that out? You know, I mean, because you see the different elevations, right? Are there warning signs there or anything, or is it up to them to just know? So I think it's a combination of both, right? Uh, I, I think you as professional drivers need to know your vehicles. You need to know your, the length of your truck. You need to make sure that whatever you're carrying is going to completely clear the tracks and right with 15 feet between the back of your vehicle and the tracks that you're crossing. You want to make sure before you cross that you're going to be able to make it completely all the way across. You want to know if you're driving a low clearance vehicle and you want to know um, to the best of your ability, you want to plan ahead and avoid low clearance 
um, or raised tracks, right? So that, that might make it more likely for you to get hung up. Um, these are things that you can look up before you leave once you know your route to ensure that you're taking the best route for your vehicle. How are the vehicles getting stuck? A lot of people go, well, why don't they just drive over the tracks like a, like a vehicle? Why don't they just keep going? Why yeah. are they stuck? So how, do, how does it work that they get stuck? Is it people just panicking like deer in headlights? Or are they literally stuck on the tracks? How, how does that work? So, you know, I, I don't know how you get stuck on the tracks. Um, I, right, it happens. Sometimes people's vehicles stall on the tracks, right? Sometimes the, the mechanical failure happens. That, that is not, that's mm-hmm. something that you couldn't have avoided. Um, I think that there are some low clearance vehicles that go over tracks that are higher, right? On a mm-hmm. hill, maybe. Um, I'm not a professional driver, so I don't know. I don't know all the reasons why, but I do know that if you do get stalled or stuck, or you happen to see the person in front of you stalled or stuck on the tracks, what's the first thing you guys should do? Do you remember? Get out of the vehicle, right? Get out of the vehicle. And run 45 degrees, right? Go to the blue sign and then run 45 degrees towards the train, right? Towards the train, yeah, because it's going to hit everything the other way. Yeah, if there's a train coming, get out of your vehicle and run away from the tracks at a 45-degree angle to right to minimize the debris that might be flying yeah. out. If there's, right, if there's not a train coming, get out of your vehicle immediately anyway and go find the blue and white sign and call that number on the blue and white sign. And go right, back absolutely. in your vehicle and wait for a cop. No, I'm just kidding. Can you wait do until... Not, uh, do not do that. Do not no. do that. Don't do that. You Don't know wait what? to uh, Africa by Weezer, too. That Africa cover yeah. by Weezer to finish <laughs> playing awesome. Michael Vincent. You know what vehicle has the uh, lowest percentage of crashes? What? School bus. School bus. 0.1%. Well, if, there's re- if it were, there was this rail strike, it would have been trains. It would have been trains. Fortunately, there wasn't. <laughs> no, but I mean, school bus will train because they stop oh. every road crossing, right? Yeah. Well, they and if you think of the length, look, right? So... Listen. You're exponentially your chance. Like if you're in a smart car, your chance of like just randomly stopping on the tracks a lot smaller. It's just smaller vehicles. Well, they're smarter too. Well, because you can also get stuck in traffic to get stuck on the tracks. Remember that one with the turbine blade? The one with the turbine blade where where the semi was pulling the turbine blade. He just couldn't clear it like in time because it's really long. He had to turn around and things. He probably shouldn't have tried to cross. That was that was probably shouldn't. Hey, let's hear another PSA. This one. Oh, go right ahead. I was going to say, it seems like one of the videos you showed last year, they also, like, sometimes you come up to a railroad crossing and and for a really long tractor trailer, right, there's a turn right after the crossing. It seems like last year we watched a video like that. That was, it was harder yeah. for the professional driver to make it all the way across and be able to turn the right, yeah. right, within the time frame that he had. Not that he couldn't physically do it, but. Yeah, and he may have misjudged the length of those blades. Those things are absolutely huge. Um, we have another PSA here. This is Samantha's story. Let's see what happened to her. And when I was 12 years old, me and my best friend were hit by a train on our way home from school. To be honest, I don't really think at that age I paid too much attention to how dangerous the train tracks are, the safety behind it. My advice would be to always be cautious, no matter how many barriers there are at a train track. Yeah, so stay alert at railroad crossings. And she said something interesting there. She said, regardless of how many barriers there are there, but are most accidents, like when I watch these videos online, a lot of times it seems like they're at a clearly marked railroad crossing. Is that the case with most accidents? Well, more than 50% of them happen at those clearly marked with lights Uh. and gates, right? So there's active and passive active crossings. Yeah. Right, so the other half of that. 
active, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Active crossings have the lights and gates, right? But sometimes, you know, like I'm from Texas, right? In rural Texas, sometimes you would see crossings without lights and gates, but they'd still have the signage. You can yeah. see the signs yeah, as yeah, you're yeah. coming up. You can see the pavement markings on the ground and, and it telling you where to stop. Another interesting part about Samantha's story, I don't know if you noticed the sign that they showed, but it said two tracks. So you can have two, two or more railroad tracks next to each other. Right. So a, a train can come at any time on any track in any direction. So you want to make sure that both of the tracks are clear in both directions before you go. Yeah. In the town that I grew up, they had four tracks on one side, four tracks, and you could actually get stuck in the middle. It's about 50 yards in between the two, four sets of tracks, right? Heading into Cleveland, Ohio. So if you were going in there and you timed yeah. it just in wrong, the gates would come down and you'd be like in between all the tracks, right? But you'd oh. be, I mean, you were safe, but you were like trains. Oh, I thought you get like bisected or quadsected yeah, by was, four different trains yeah, just hitting you all at once. Like, you want to be like, ultra, like ultimately annihilated. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, okay, but most of us, like when we approach a railroad crossing, you look to see if there's any flashers, you look left and right if a train's coming. If not, you, you just go. But what yeah. should a driver be doing when they approach a railroad crossing? Well, you know, in a perfect world, you would minimize your distractions. Um, when I cross railroad crossings, right, my kids have learned, right, that it's silence time in the car, that they have to be really quiet and really still, no throwing things around, no fighting in the backseat. Mm. Um, you want to minimize your distractions. You want to, you know, you want to you want to look um, and, and, and stay alert and pay attention. Watch the lights and gates, um, right? They're their job is to alert you if something's coming. So just because you don't see it in the second that it, in that second doesn't mean it's not coming and it's coming very quickly if it's coming. So um, be aware of your surroundings, know where the blue and white signs are at crossing. So if you need it, then it's muscle memory. It's there, you know, to, to get it. Um, stop no closer than 15 feet on either side for your vehicle, whether you're stopping in front of the gate or you're clearing, like we're talking about clearing, completely clear your vehicle out of the crossing if you're if there's a light on the other side of the crossing or anything that's going to stop you or traffic like traffic for example make sure that your vehicle is going to completely clear the tracks um, as a professional driver i have a note here that, that to know the law in the states that you're driving through because trucks uh, carrying hazardous materials are required to stop at all crossings unless there's a special signage there um, and as a professional driver another tip that we give is to, to cross without stopping um, once you start across and you're sure that you can make it all the way across, don't stop halfway across. Yeah, don't take yeah, in the don't. scenery or anything. Yeah, start no, you don't wanna, around. You, no, yeah, no, you don't want to do. I get nervous now when I stop near tracks and it's kind of like they're running along you, side of you, you know, yeah. and then it curves in front of you, kind of like on a bend or something like that. Yeah, just because if they derail them, like that old adage: rubberneck too much, they'll be rubbernecking. Yeah, you. That's right. <laughs> you're dead now. You're, you're right. Not paying attention. Yeah, yeah. We talk about people driving around and not understanding that a truck can't stop on a dime. Let's yeah. talk about trains. How fast are they moving? How much do they weigh? And why don't they stop on a? Now, how long does it take for them to stop? I mean, once they see and you're blowing that horn, why can't they stop? So, uh, a freight train traveling about 55 miles per hour will take about one mile to stop. So that's like 18 football fields. Um, they can't, right? If you watch Maurice's story yeah. on our website, you'll hear him talk about it. Like there's nothing he can do. He can blow the horn. He can pull the brake, but it's going to take a mile or more to stop. So, um, so it's important that we make our safe choices when we're around tracks and trains. I feel like I missed part of your question there. 
No, no, no. That was actually, they're extremely big. They take a long time to stop. And part of that, I guess, is by design. Because if they stop like on a dime, they just derail all over the place, right? You can't. Well, yeah. I mean, like there's physics. Yeah, physics physics are involved, right? Involved. I mean, 18 football years long. Right? There's no steering wheel. Like, like no. that makes sense to it makes sense when you say it out loud and when you think about it. But you know, in your day to day life, it just didn't occur to, to me, at least, right? That oh my gosh, there's no steering wheel. They're on a track. They can't go around you like we can go around things when we're driving. And hey, look, we, what came up during this whole like rail strike talk too is some of these some of these drivers they might be a little bit tired. They might be a little groggy. Like one of the big fights on here was a quality of life thing to get more time off yeah. to get more people sure. within the cab to help with the safety and with that. So that's something to be mindful too. It's just humans operating these trains. We have another PSA here. This is Nick's story. Let's take a listen. Day on a new job, I had taken the train before. The train was off in the distance. I could hear the whistle. As I stepped across the first track, the train came and clipped me and knocked me 10 feet back on the platform. Fortunately, I didn't break anything. I was very lucky to even survive it. Be really, really sure where that train is, because if you make a mistake, it could be very costly indeed. Now we got one more here, and I thought this was interesting. It was like their influencer campaign. Can you pay, Can you play this PSA influencer ad? What's up, everybody? I just wanted to hop on and chat about something that needs to be discussed. Railroad safety. Being near tracks and trains is dangerous and illegal. It's never worth the risk. Whether you have five or five million followers, you can stop track tragedies. Okay, Jennifer, how many people die a year on the train tracks doing it for the gram? You know, I don't have that statistic. I don't know if anyone's right attributing it to that specifically. But I do know... um, Right, we've all seen them, photographs of, of people on the tracks, whether it's an influencer taking a video, um, you know, or a, or a student graduating from school, or, or you know, sometimes there's, um, you know, someone selling um, a product using someone on the tracks. Being on railroad tracks, you should never assume railroad tracks are deserted, first of all, and it's just not safe. It's not safe for you to be there. It's not legal for you to be there, and it's dangerous for anyone who sees your photographs because they may try to mimic what you're doing and, and break the law and, you know, with serious consequences. Yeah. It's in the name influencer. You might influence them to go hang out on the yeah, tracks and, you know, exactly, perpetual right? stupidity of people getting hit by trains. We don't Hashtag want that. Stupidity, well, yes. Hey, if you're out there, you listen to this, you want Operation Lifesaver to come into a presentation or something like that, where should we send them to? You can visit our website at oli.org. That's oli.org. You can take the rail safety pledge. You can request a free presentation. And right, free is a good word there. It's a free presentation anywhere across the United States. You can also become an Operation Lifesaver volunteer. If rail safety is something that you're passionate about, we would love to have you join us. Thank you so much. Appreciate your time today. And uh, everyone out there, drive safe. Drive safe on those rails and look for that blue sign. Take care. Thanks for having us on. See you next year. Take it easy. Do you remember what Vaughn Moore from AIT said last time he was on the show? I did. He said, bigger isn't better. Better is better. And he was right. Whether it's new offices in India, expanding life science operations in Europe, or acquiring one of the best final model providers in the U.S., AIT's exponential growth is driven by anticipating and responding to customers' needs. Discover how they can help your business. Gain fast streamline access to new markets at Tell'em, dude. Go to AITWorldwide.com immediately after this show. All right, here we got some great stories to round up oh, the show yeah, and maybe do. even a song for you. The first one here is take a look at this picture. We got 
Right here. This was on uh, Reddit on the Truckers Forum. It said, we have a special needs kid here in my hometown. He likes big trucks, uh, big time. Once in a while, you'll see him sitting on a lawn chair off the highway, not too far from the on-ramp. When you drive by, he'll get up and wave while proudly wearing his reflective vest. I work for a mega carrier owned by a wealthy family. And when I was hired during orientation, we were told about him and kindly asked to have him wave back. And um, eventually everyone in the class said, of course, and was intrigued. Uh, He was just a kid, teen actually, that likes big trucks. So here's a really cool part, though. These drivers are so aware of him. They know him all the time. Show the truck. They, they They took a truck here. They zip tied it right to uh, the walkway. They put a nice note on here. If we go over to this next picture, uh, saying the kid. That the is... The M6 bridge over out there for the yeah, Royal Yeah, it is. They gave him Mail. a truck. That is awesome, dude. I think, I think that is incredible, and I also think it's incredible that that company made that part of their their orientation to make sure new people knew about this. knew about yeah. the kid up there yeah it's Game tremendous nice stuff trucks. man yeah we got yeah. an edge truck for for him if he wants to uh um story number two here let's take a look at what these drivers are doing maybe you can tell me what's happening here michael vincent roll this clip oh it's <laughs> look at this guy i don't know what's, what's coming up what are we coming up on all right, this truck is moving, what is going on? and there's two guys. <laughs> it's a cab over. They got the oh. cab over lifted, and there's two guys. No, the one guy's pedaling. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm confused that. at what they're attempting to do here. I, I, I am too. I, I have no idea what is going on here. Is they have a broken fuel line? Is I, I don't know. At least the driver's got his head. He's got his heads hazards on. Is this it's all what, good? Like, Instagramming truckers do. In uh, other countries, I, I think it's a new fad, dude. I don't. If the, if you look, the one guy like puts his finger to his like, Shh, don't tell the driver we're back here, right? The, I think they're just playing a joke on him. Maybe. Really? No, I don't know <laughs> what the hell is going on. I mean, what is this? They're not like the middle of like a dog fight or something. Why can't they just pull over and fix it? Just no time. Got to get the receiver. Got dispatch blowing up his phone. I have no clue what the hell is going on there. Let's look at a dog. Yeah, let's, let's get a dog that. instead of idiots. Look at this dog, grape ape. This is red or grape ape. He shared his pup on here. You can grape see it. Ape. It's his co-pilot. You can see it as a baby. You can see it all grows up. Yeah. And he's got a couple more pictures, too. Professional. And he's sleeping around as a little baby. Reminds me of my own Randy Savage. Randy Savage. My own big dog. He's getting so big so quick. He is. He's doing a good job swimming, though, right? Well, yeah. He's doing a great job it. swimming. Yeah. How's it? Let's take a look at this one. Man? We got another... Uh, Who's this guy? Got another video over here. Oh. <laughs> Sort of accident and debris on the road. Okay, I'm sure safety family. services will be here. Helps on the way, boys. Help everybody out. Here comes just help. Just like clockwork, here they come. They should. Oops. Oops. Right. Next. Right. <laughs> it's job security. You keep doing that, they got to send another ambulance. What is that all about, dude? I don't know. How does he not see that there? Was know. he just distracted? He's an ambulance driver. How can you? I don't. I mean, if he can't see that, how are you going to have him cross train tracks? You wouldn't. No, you would definitely don't want him doing that. I mean, he would launch himself into the air. Did you see that? that <laughs> Came out of I nowhere, mean, that, man. That hurt, and there's people injured, but it's still kind of funny to see hey, that. Hey, introduce, introduce your song with that John Brewer. Hey, this one. This All right, yeah. So this song is based on a... Uh, uh, I forget who sang this song, uh, but uh, Nicole Glenn actually uh, of Condor Expedite yeah. requested this song from us. Um, what a rousing presentation. I forgot I, what, I no, it. No, it's a great you said song. enough. Play the song. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
lyrics by John Brewer. I was getting kind of tired of mindless chatter. Nothing I could say seemed to move down faster. So I dropped and took a drive just to clear my head. As I approached the God shack up ahead. You gotta be a place for getting satisfaction. But all I got was a lot less action. I asked a man for a door, put my way to the dock. Driven to the brink, looking for a wheel chalk. Almost off my cool and it took a brick instead. So I watched the little story about a man named Jess. Tried to walk down the dock, trying to get some satisfaction. But all I got was a lot less action. A little more action. I don't know why I had a break. Yeah, Toby Keith did. Yeah, a little less talking, a lot more action. Is the song that we heard. Is he gonna play it every Uh Toby Keith? Yeah, I don't think so. But there are some good people that are gonna be playing. Yeah, so we'll get to them after this. <laughs> well, it's gonna be you and Brewer. It will not be us. <laughs> Probably not. No one listens to us. A lot of people like you. Ask like we want to do like the Frank busking at F3. Yeah, like bring your instruments and do it. Can you give us some time on the stage? And everyone's like, hey, what are you talking about? I, I, do you know how a lot of people listen to the show and they want to do this? I'd love it. I wish they would come. Let's do it, man. Then I wouldn't have to play every instrument myself. Yeah. Like, like Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> yeah. 70s yeah. rock. <laughs> you get the whole family involved when you're doing stuff like this? Uh, we did it once. We did that uh, Run Run Rudolph. Yeah, yeah. Christmas. I'm looking forward to this year's Christmas. Yeah, Christmas we got to get. I got to get working on that one. Absolutely. First September, it'll be here before you know it. I know that they, they take time. If you notice, the the film of that one there was like summertime when I filmed it. Was <laughs> <laughs> it? That's how early you started that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. you never know in Chattanooga. Like, you can wake up one day, like summer, middle of December. Oh yeah, no doubt about it. It's the '90s this week. People ask me how how are they should how should they pack for F3, and yeah. that's an interesting question because great question. To November. Yeah. Uh, I will let you know that in Chattanooga, it does rain for at least like five minutes every single day. Just about usually. Yeah. Sometimes much more heavier, um, usually not for very long. Yeah, 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 yeah. And sometimes not all day, right? No, it doesn't. You rarely does it rain all day. It's usually not all, all day soakers. It's not not that type of thing. It's more like a South Florida type of thing, right? Yeah. What is, so what's this song about that I'm listening to? Yeah, so it's about uh, detention. Drivers trying to get some action on the dock, man. Load up my truck. Get me loaded. Get me out of here. You think if they just removed that two hours of free time, that would, that would solve everything? It probably would speed some things up, yes. Or if they cut <laughs> if it, you like, could get it paid, though. I mean, it's one of those things that, it, it, you know, accessorial charges, if you didn't get them on the original bill, rarely got paid, right? Yeah. So why the big fight over detention? Why the big fight? Yeah, why? Because driver's on the clock. I know that, but like, why, get yonder why do get they paid, have to right? fight for the... There's no respect, man. There is no respect. No That's respect. the issue. That's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, no respect. Treat drivers with kindness. Pay them. Get them loaded. Get them the hell out. Did you, you and Brewer should have tried to open for Jack White over at the uh, Majestic or wherever yeah, it was he, he played over out. the weekend. He threw us out. Well, I intentionally didn't promote his show because we asked if we could have an interview. Oh. And he said, said like, no. They, well, they said we're not doing any interviews for this one. So I, you know, pe- in, in my own petty way, decided not to mention his show. Yeah. Our show during the week. I don't think that's petty I at think all. it sold out anyway. So I don't yeah. have any impact. I'm sure. Well, yeah. whatever. I'm, sure. I'm going to see better bands than Jack White because I'm going to F3 and so are you if you go to live.freightwaves.com. If you want half off, use my code WTT. What other host is, is giving you this? It's us, right? What's no, that's it. WTT. Half off, dude. It's like that's five zero percent like $3,000 for a ticket without that code, with the code 1500 right. bucks. Code WTT. You're going to use it because you're going to hear Boyce Avenue. You're going to hear Eli Young Band. You're Larry Flint. Larry, no, not Larry Flint. Larry, Larry Flint. Flint. 
Oh, yeah. Larry Fleet. That would have been interesting. Pat Green. Pat Green. Yeah. Not yeah. Mean Joe Green. Not Mean Joe Not Green. Not Mean Joe Green. We got Yacht Rot Review. Yeah, that's right. They're going to do covers. You got you and Brewer got to jump up with them. I'd love Daytime to. Cover. I'll be up there. I'll bring my uh, I'll bring my telly. See what they say. Find me on Twitter at Timothy Dooner. Find him at Vincent the Dude. Don't be a stranger and tell him how to be. Hey, peace and love. Spread it everywhere. Look for the blue sign.